It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for the practice report presented by Byers Auto, driven by Byers Auto, actually, in that in that vein, Tim. That is, of course, the 40-year bet, Tim May. I'm just Spencer Holbrook. Let's talk about what Ryan Day, Tim Walton, and tight end fullback, uh, yes, I said fullback, folks, in Ohio State's practice facility. Kind of weird to say, but that's what it is. Uh, shall we, Tim? Where you want me to start, man? Because, obviously, I'm writing about a little story about Mitch Rossi and just and mainly about that development of a of a fullback on a team that refuses to say it has a fullback, but uh, the proof <laughs> is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. And this jello pudding pop uh, shows uh, shows Mitch Rossi playing fullback a lot more than anything else. Uh, flank him, do all these kind of different things with him. But, you know, that just shows the, the multi-dimensional aspect of this offense, especially with a very talented player as talented as Cade Stover is in doing maybe some other things, Mitch Rossi is very talented. He is he is like a heat-seeking missile when it comes to throwing blocks. And uh, what a great guy to throw into that fullback when you're running the ISO. And you've got to figure out real quickly, uh, well, wait a minute, my guy just got taken. I'm going to hit this guy. You know what I mean? I mean, an ISO in the old days was, you know, you isolate one guy and you go after him. Uh, it's still that to a certain extent. But, uh, but then to see him get the ball, to see him get a payoff, uh, up to get a hand, to a couple of handoffs in the running game the last two weeks, uh, that's the true payoff for a quote fullback. And now he's got these. He even had his uh, marketing guy make up these shirts where he says "Fairway Fullback" on his uh, on his chest right here. So he's proud of being called a fullback, even though that's not what Ohio State calls him. So that's interesting to me. The other thing is, is obviously there wasn't a lot of uh, verbiage spent on Rutgers today. There will be no. later in the week, you know, in opportunities. Maybe. But but that just goes to what Ryan Day, in my opinion, the mindset that Ryan Day's got these guys in right now is this competitive stamina, competitive excellence. Yeah, sounds cliche, but, you know, uh, maybe it does, but I mean, it's paying off. And the competitive stamina is trying to get this team to be the best it can be. And if you get to that point, you dictate terms on Saturdays. And uh, that, to me, is what stands out about this football team. Four games in, 4-0, an offense that is truly rolling, and a defense, you know, you take away the fourth quarter the other night, which was forgettable in a lot, a lot, of, a lot of ways. You know, uh, they stoned Wisconsin with all but one drive there in the first half. And uh, that's what stands out to me about this team is the focus. Yeah, Tim, and I think that's that's the biggest takeaway inside the Woody Hayes <coughs> Athletic Center today, other than the injury stuff, which we will absolutely get to, uh, is that Ohio State is, is in worry about yourself mode. You know, they, they're not worried about Rutgers. They're not worried about Michigan State. They're not worried about Iowa, Penn State, those next four games on the schedule, the, the off week. They're worried about themselves. And so far, when they've worried about themselves against Arkansas State, against Toledo, and against Wisconsin, it's worked out really damn well so far, and I'm not seeing a way that it doesn't work out again this week. If the Buckeyes worry about being themselves and taking care of their own business, they shouldn't have an issue with Rutgers. Yeah. They shouldn't have an issue with Michigan State, who looks very vulnerable. And so the mindset that Ryan Day has this team in, like you said, it's competitive stamina, but it's competitive stamina within themselves. It's not being able to compete 
you know, every week against the other team. It's being able to compete against yourself and not get complacent. Because if this team stays hungry and doesn't get complacent, it's going to be really hard for anybody else to beat them. And I think if they stay in that current mindset that they have right now, and Ryan Day continues to hammer that home, that's why I don't think you heard a lot of chatter about Rutgers. It's all about Ohio State. How can Ohio State be better? How can the Buckeyes be better? And so it's it's a it's it's bleeding through to everybody from the top down in this program and Ryan Day's got something pretty good on his hands. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I still have this lingering cough, man. I got this cold from my my little ten month old grandson four weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago, and it's still lingering. So it is what it is. Uh, past that, the other discussion that's interesting to me as it goes along with this team is different things coming on board. As Rand, they even admitted when all of a sudden Jackson Smith and Jigbo was not available to him halfway through that Notre Dame game, he looked at this list of all the stuff they wanted to get to with Jackson Smith and Jigba, which was no longer available. Yeah. And uh, not that other players can't go in there and take care of business in that regard. We saw what Xavier Johnson did uh, when he got in there. Uh, but the bottom line was um, you do game plan for individuals in the Ryan Day offense. You do game plan to get them in certain uh, situations, mismatches, et cetera. Absolutely. But what I'm getting to here is what has come online here as this season has progressed is number one, Jugan Fleming. Oh my goodness, that's what Jugan Fleming's all about. Finally, Ohio State fans are getting to see it. You know, He's dealt with injuries his first couple of years. Boom, you're seeing why he was considered a five-star recruit. That's why I'm doing a little story on him later in the week. I mean, Ryan Day was expressing that about just the vigor with which he blocks. Forget about catching the ball. But then catching the ball, he is among the elite. I mean, he has proven that the last couple of weeks. And then in, in, one, in one fell swoop, he both caught a ball and ran over a couple of guys to get into the end zone this past week against Wisconsin. Uh, uh, there, there's a there's a weapon that has come online big time for them that has uh, not not just helped them weather the storm, fly over the storm. If you think there's a storm with missing Jackson Smith and Jigma, but then the the other side of that is the rise of Cade Stover, because Cade Stover, when you put him out wide against a uh, against a linebacker or or even a strong safety or something, whoever goes out there with him. You got a mismatch. This guy's six foot five, two sixty, and it's Ryan Day and his staff are clearly just coming up with new little ways to throw wrinkles at the uh, opposing defense. Having Case Over split wide one play, wide as you can go, and and then playing a classic tight end the next, and then and then a wing who goes in motion comes back and cracks back on a guy. Uh, Crack back's not the correct term. Kick out block. But it just shows you. This team is still in development. This offense is still in development. And uh, wow, it's just its kind of interesting when you put your mind to it. Like we are talking about Mitch Rossi, the fullback who they won't call a fullback, what he has brought to the program. And those are just sort of like tough stuff they've added to this offense. Julian Fleming is a tough nut. You know, as banged up as he's been since he's been here, yeah. he pl- likes to play the game tough. And yeah. I think it's obvious to everybody. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things, too, is as we get into the, the injury side of things here on the practice report presented by Byers Auto, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba being out, and it's not a blessing for anybody. No. I mean, I mean anybody. But it has given Ohio State the ability to be creative in its offense. I, I don't know if all of this stuff would be inserted into the Ohio State offense, Cade Stover being split out wide. Um, all, everything that they've done uh, since Jackson Smith and Jigba left the game against Notre Dame, I'm not sure if they would be as creative if they didn't 
you know, not need to be, but if, if you've got the best wide receiver in college football on the field, yeah. there's a lot of things you can do without being creative to get him the ball. I'm not sure yeah. that this offense would be as creatively developed if he didn't get hurt. And now that means when he comes back, which we will get into that, I, I promise, folks, when he comes back, all that creativity is there and you throw him into the mix. Yeah. And I think that is what's the most scary here is that the offense would have been just fine to have Jackson Smith and Jigba for 15 games and try to win a national championship. However, now that he's not in there right now, be creative, figure out what you can do without him, yeah. and then insert him into that creativity with one of the best offenses in college football. And the playbook just completely opens up for who else could be open if defenses then have to pay attention to him. Yeah. The thing about uh, Jack Smith, the Jigba, which, or, which also stands out about him, is he's creative within that framework. I mean, he is creative on pass. He gets open. And uh, there's a lot of, like, uh, gamesmanship that, that is on the field yeah. when he's out there playing that, you know, defenses have trouble with. He's going to still end up where uh, he needs to be for C.J. Stroud to find him. But the way he can get open, uh, the way he can move his body around, his lower body, man, he, you know, reminds me of a Bosa brother a little bit. I mean, just the way he can, like, just throw a guy off his game by one little uh, head fake here, but also where he can put his, his feet and then go the other direction or just accelerate. Uh, that's what sets him apart, in my opinion, is just the ability to get open. But you've got some other guys now. Julian Fleming, man, he gets wide open, that little sit route right out here. I mean, right out here, sit route, catches it, and then bowls over those two guys, get to, get to the end zone. Cade Stover, you're seeing him make athletic moves. He's not just a big lumbering tight end going down the field. He's a six foot five, 260-pound athlete running down the field, making moves pretty damn fast, too, for a guy his size. And uh, it's... Like you said, we're to, you want to feature Jackson when, once he gets back, but this offense has never been about just featuring one guy. It's not forced. A lot of times, a lot of times, just featuring one guy in a particular game. Yeah. But then the next game, where that where did that go, right? Yeah. Uh, like we've talked about the tight end coming and going, disappearing, you know, disappearing after the tight end since uh, you know in the last several years. But uh, but the thing about Jackson is you got to get him involved, and the other team knows that. And like you said, that just, I don't know, I don't know how you, I don't know how you, like right now, I don't know what the, the D, I'd like to be sitting in, there, I'm finally getting it out of my mind. I'd like to be sitting in on the defensive meetings at Rutgers to see how they're discussing what they're seeing on video from Ohio State right now and how do you cover the waterfront. That's, that would, that's, that's more interesting maybe than sitting in here. Well, Tim, the, the problem with that is you don't because it's obvious that Ohio State's going to rack up points. Well, don't say, you, don't say it, it can it's, never it's, happen. It, it's it, very, okay, yeah. that was a little hyperbole. It's very yeah. difficult. Sorry, get literal there. It's very difficult to defend this offense. That's just the bottom line. Well, people take you literally. I don't know if you've noticed on this. Uh, on Sometimes, these, yeah, too On these, ca these way, podcasts. Way too literally. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, a, serious, I'm not a serious person. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's talk about this, Tim. We've got Jackson Smith and Jigba. You've got Cameron Brown. You've got... Denzel Burke, you've got Lathan Ransom, who didn't play at all. You've got, yeah. uh, you know, just a variety of, of guys who are who are trying to get back onto the field. I'm, you know, if I, if I was a betting man, I would say, which sometimes I am, I guess, uh, I would say Jackson Smith and Jigbo. I would not expect to see him on Saturday. That did not sound like a confident Ryan Day when you're talking about Jackson Smith and Jigbo. So. We'll scratch that out right away. I don't think he should play anyways. It's, it's I'm, I'm not going to discount Rutgers, but I am in the same vein going to say that I don't think Rutgers can defend these. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not interrupting you. I'm just 
Yeah, because what's a safe you definitely are going to have to crack in two weeks or three weeks? The, Iowa. The Iowa defense. Yeah. Iowa is a safe. I mean, uh, you know, they, you know, Ohio State may end up thumping them like, uh, like uh, Michigan did in the Big Ten championship game last year. Uh, but those thumps come on big plays, you know. I mean, Iowa is a tough safe to crack. I mean, as bad as they are on, on offense this year, they, they beat Rutgers because they had two pick sixes. I yeah. mean, they finally got into, what, 20-point uh, realm, uh, and two, two of the touchdowns come via their defense and stuff. So there are defense, there are challenges coming defensively for this offense. As well. And that's why I was being, being facetious with you, you know, don't be yeah. – don't be smart aleck and think nobody can stop this off because just when you thought that Ohio State scored 27 against Oregon last year and 27 against against Michigan and uh, so uh, but no you're exactly right I mean Rutgers though Rutgers is much improved defensively in my opinion I think they 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 want to make you play left-handed they want to try to take away what you what they think you do best that will be the the chess match that's going on as this game develops on Saturday uh, Greg Schiano you know, the last year he was here as defense coordinator was forgettable. But uh, since he's gotten back to Rutgers, they've gotten back to play, being competitive from play to play. That doesn't mean they win every game. And uh, so that's, you know, and I think uh, Ryan Day definitely understands that challenge on Saturday. Yeah, and, and so I think Ohio State will need to be <coughs> – will need to play well Saturday, but I don't think they'll need Jackson Smith and Jigba to do so. Oh, no. I and so, yeah. you know, I, I wouldn't expect to see him out there. I, I think you, you might see Cameron Brown and Denzel Burke out there. Ryan Day was very unclear about that. Um, the good news, though, on that front, folks, is that Ryan Day did say that he was going to meet with people on Friday rather than Thursday, maybe get a more accurate availability report, because the last two weeks have been real head-scratchers. Eye-openers. Yeah, head-scratchers in trying to figure out who's playing, who's not, because we didn't see Lathan Ransom on Saturday. Ohio State, Obviously, didn't need him, but yeah. Secondary, simply put, it's banged up. Um, yeah. You've got your safeties back, but they missed two of them. Missed time against Toledo, and then Lathan Ransom misses misses Saturday against Wisconsin, even though he was dressed. Uh, Cameron yeah. Brown, Denzel Burke, neither one played. Denzel Burke obviously has got the the big club on his hand. I wouldn't be surprised to see that club on his hand again this now, week. Now, Cam Brown was on the unavailable list. Yeah. Denzel Burke was not because there was the thought there late in the, late, late in the uh, week that he might be able to play with that club on his hand, you know, pad it up and stuff because you've seen guys do that. And then uh, they stepped away from that, but it didn't get there. The news didn't get there in time for the guy who does issue the availability report to, like, report it. Uh, yeah. Because there was, I think, the thought because he had surgery on it during the week, and I, I'm not sure exactly when. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's no need to push him back either based on the fact of what you're leading up to here, Jair Brown and, and uh, J.K. Johnson. <laughs> Man, I've seen – you and I both have seen cornerbacks. Uh, I've seen a, several of them go in for their first start in a big-time game and, you know, wasn't Struggle. good. Yeah. Struggle is the right word. Get targeted wasn't good. Uh, and that's why I asked for clarification, for example, on that play just before halftime was J.K. Johnson. Did he make a, a, a gaffe on that play? Because I saw him drop off into the zone, but boom, all of a sudden Wisconsin's throwing the ball down the field and the kid ran right by him. Uh, so he did have the proper play there. And Tanner McAllister uh, had the proper play because he got there in time to knock it down. But it was probably Tanner McAllister a little bit more out of position on that play as it developed. Well, but here's the thing: they were expecting on fourth and three some kind of like short yardage play or something like that. Yeah, stuff happens. But then an individual 
makes a play to keep it from becoming a disaster, which was Tanner McAllister. Yeah, I think Tanner McAllister middled. In a, I think it was a cover two, and he middled the. He was the on the two, hash. He middled the two vertical routes. And, yeah, and but I he was on was, the hash there. And he was able to get there. Yeah, it was the right. I think it was the right call for Wisconsin against the type of defense Ohio State called. Man, Ohio State just had better athletes to execute there yeah. to to get in front of it. But you know, there's not a better stretch of two games in the Big Ten to start two freshman corners. Well, one red, one second year guy and a true freshman then. Wisconsin, who has struggled throwing the ball uh, since Barry Alvarez, and Rutgers, who has one of the worst passing attacks in college football. That's not me saying that. That's the numbers saying that. Yeah, numbers speak loud after four games. Numbers speak louder than words right now, uh, four games into the season, and Rutgers is simply terrible throwing the football. And so if you have to play Jair Brown and J.K. Johnson in Big Ten action, there are not two better opponents, Tim, to get that confidence under their, you know, under their feet than Graham Mertz and insert Rutgers quarterback name here because they play three of them and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So Michigan State's not really lighting it up either. But they can, the th- they can they can throw. throw. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. you know it's it's a Dorn, yeah. if Ohio State doesn't have those two corners, <coughs> it's not going to be a concern for me. Because I think that it, it will help build depth for the long term. Because now you've got five of your, you know, six cornerbacks or four of your six cornerbacks on the roster all with starts under their belt. That's yeah. a huge, I wrote huge about that, leg. As you up. well yeah. know, yeah. And, and so, the injuries right now are not concerning. They are concerning because hamstrings can linger. We've seen that with Jordan Hancock. We see it with Jackson Smith and Jigba now starting to linger. Uh, Hand injuries are not nothing to bat an eye about. I'm not. Hey, by the way, I'm not smiling that these guys are injured. I'm smiling that uh, people are starting to repeat what I've been saying for a while about hamstrings, and you know, you knew about them too. Hamstrings, they are not created equal. I'm going to repeat that on every podcast we do here. They're not created equal. Number one and number two, uh, the more time you put between it happening and when you press the gas again is huge. Yep. I mean, you almost want to wait a week later, you know? Yep. And so, you know, you've, you've got to balance wanting to get these guys in the games, but also knowing what the end goal is. Uh, you can't beat Michigan when you beat Rutgers. Uh, you can't beat, you can't win the Big Ten just by beating Rutgers. And you can't win a national championship by beating Rutgers. And so, you know, you can Wait a minute, are you being uh, facetious again or are you being literal? No, I'm, I'm being literal. I know. You, you, this is, you know. I, I'm just lost. I mean, I'm not lost in what you're saying, but I mean, you're exactly right. It's it's play to play, game to game. And so you want to take it day by day, but also when when it comes to hamstrings, when it comes to hand injuries, when it comes to whatever uh, malady is your word of choice, uh, Cameron Brown is dealing with undisclosed at the moment. Yeah. You know, you you can't just say. Well, are you good to go against Rutgers? Because then it becomes, well, if something happens, will you also not be good to go against Michigan State? And so there's no reason to rush any of these guys back. I think Ohio State is well aware of that. That's kind of the tone that Ryan Day struck. You know, they, they know what Saturday is. Um, and, and they, I, you know, it's not hard to see that this team is better than Rutgers on the tape. Yeah. And so, you know, injuries concerning, yes. Injuries, uh, long-term concern, not I don't think so, and yeah. I think when, the, when these guys all come back, Ohio State will be better and a deeper team overall yeah. for missing them in a couple of Big Ten games. Um, and the other thing, I mean, you know, uh, I, that's why I asked Tim Walton to re, re, to re-clarify, because it was exactly what I thought he was going to say, you know, if the cornerback room has to reach into the safeties room, obviously we know that back during the summer when they were having trouble, Denzel Burke was banged up during preseason camp. We didn't get a whole lot of details on that. but. You Jordan know, Hancock too. Jordan Hancock got banged Johnson. up the first week of preseason camp and has pretty much been 
gone uh, most of the time. J.K. Johnson showed up most of the time uh, yeah. in the practices, which was good for him. But also, they moved Kim Martinez back over there a while. Uh, Tanner McAllister uh, practiced some at cornerback. Uh, Johnson know, just, Dunn, too. Exactly. So they've. But I asked uh, Tim Walton, the cornerbacks coach, you know, he named Tanner McAllister and he named uh, Cameron Martinez as possible draftees if they need them, you yep. know. Uh, and uh, so they have they have the bodies to get out there in case it does turn into emergency because you're sitting here going, well, it'd be good, it'd be great to, to rest Enzo Burke. I'm not saying you, but people are saying great to rest Enzo Burke again and Cam Brown this week. But you still got to have a pair and a pair yep. when it comes to corners because, like you say, from play to play, anything can happen. And uh, so I think they feel. I think they feel like their emergency uh, contingency uh, situation there is pretty good. You got Ryan Turner coming on, you know, et cetera. And so this is a 40-year vet here, folks. He's going to be on top of the injuries as they, as new updates come available. We'll have those at LettermanRoad.com, probably on the message board more than anything at uh, the Letterman Lounge on LettermanRoad.com. That's only a dollar for an entire year. Wow. Uh, go check that deal out now. You can get all of Tim's coverage, all of my coverage, and Matt Parker on the recruiting side. Um, heck of a deal right now, Tim, running at LettermanRoad.com. Yes. Also, subscribe below to the YouTube channel as we wind down this practice report uh, driven by Byers Auto. That, again, is the 40-year vet, Tim May. I am just Spencer Holbrook. We'll see no, you guys. You're the four-year vet, man. Four, yeah, four and 40. Uh, we'll see you guys back here in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center on Wednesday night for another practice report driven by Byers Auto. Uh, but, again, Tim, Spencer, practice report. We'll see you guys Wednesday. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.